Bigger than Capes. Give me some silence. Hello, welcome to Bigger Than Capes. I'm Zach, and this week I'm joined by Angela, Will, and Matt, the collectiveness hey. of Bigger Than Capes. Hello. Did I say I'm Zach? Yes. Ah, oh, cool. Banging. <laughs> uh, how is everybody? How are y'all doing? Very well, thank you, buddy. How are you doing? I am, um, yeah, pretty good. Can't, can't complain. Ah, I can't, yeah. but I won't. <laughs> yeah, not too bad, thanks. Um, yeah. The weather's picked up, so that's, you know, that's always great. Yeah, we're, we're English. We've got to have weather chat. We do. It's like a legal requirement, I think. It is, yeah. You get thrown out of the country if you stop talking about the weather for more than a day. <laughs> <laughs> but today the sun is mocking my interior isolation mm. as it's for once a nice weekend and I've got nowhere to go. That's the true sign of the distance between me and Will, because here it is a little bit windy, raining, and quite grey. I have, yeah, I have more Zach weather. I have, I don't have the rain, but it's dull and cold and windy. So, welcome to Costa del Derbyshire. Between the two of you, like it's a little windy, it's a little grey, no rain, and a little bit of sun. You like, you like baby bears, just right. <laughs> <laughs> can really see the progression from one side of Manchester over to the other here. I think that's what this is. <laughs> um, so this month is our March roundup of indie comics, although it's coming out in April because of the way time happens to us all. Yeah, the way March <laughs> exists. It seems to happen to you a lot just then. <laughs> yeah, really slowly. <laughs> all, all hit me very slowly, but also all at once. Um, but first, you know, let's, let's open this up to a little of our all catching up and whatnot. You, you've been doing stuff, guys, or not? Or... Uh, well, I've watched the first episode of Amazon's Prime's Invincible. Oh, yeah. Uh, How is it? Animation adaptation. I think it seems pretty good so far. Um, I was saying earlier, it was it's feels like a Justice League style of animation, um, but with loads of sort of intestines and some swearing. That's the sort of vibe on it. it. It's a tricky one because it's pretty faithful to the comic, and you know I know exactly where it's going, so it's not for me at least full of twists and turns. But it feels true. It feels true to the comic so far. Um, so, yeah, hopefully that remains good. Brilliant. It's something I'm hoping to check out at some point. Um, but yeah, I have to wait a while. Yeah, uh, yeah. You need it all to be out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think. I think it might struggle um, in comparison to The Boys or Umbrella Academy by being in animation. Mm. Uh, I don't yeah, think it will. I don't. Cut some people off. 
yeah, I don't think it'll be as widely appealing, but I think for what they're knowing where the story goes and what it would look like with like anything less than perfect CGI, mm. I think animation might be a good choice. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Anyone else uh, have anything uh, cool? I mean, cool is... Mm. <laughs> Relative. Yeah, you know, um, to follow on with the conversation I had with Will last week, I finished Superstore. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah. It's fine. Complete, um, yeah. <laughs> and you, you you told me that you noticed the, the, the cameo by by a returning guest from this podcast. That, that suggests that she's been here, and that's very much not true. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can't remember the character's name in either thing, but the um, the person that was in uh, Mr. St. Nick made a cameo as one of the heads of corporate in Superstore. And if anyone can tell me her name, that'd be great. But By the person in Mr. St. Nick, he doesn't mean Kelsey Grapper. <laughs> no, no. Um, she is... Not Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> God damn it, Matt. Now I have to Google this ultimately uninteresting piece of information. <laughs> Ruining the podcast oh. once again. It's, it's, it's the fact that you put Mr. Insane and Nick in, and it still isn't the first option oh, on IMDb. I, That's how little I, they give a shit about this film. <laughs> Anna Ortiz. I got hey. Anna yeah. Ortiz, who was Lorena in, um, of course, the cinematic classic that is Mr. St. Nick. Yeah, and <laughs> one episode on. cameo in Superstore. And I, for one, can't wait for her to be back on the podcast when she shows up and something else you watch. <laughs> you know what? I think if you wanted to do a Mr. St. Nick podcast where you systematically went through and interviewed every single Everybody member of the cast. Except Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it would be through lack of trying. I just don't think Kelsey Grammer would want to do it. I think everybody else would be like, sure, why not? That's, <laughs> I mean, a, that's a really weird request, but okay. We need to get, like, my big get for that would be the guy who was the prisoner. Uh, I, the I really, really lovely... Thought, I really thought you were going to say would be if we can get, you know... His brother from Fraser. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's Mr. St. Nick podcast. So, like, <laughs> it'd be the guy who was the really friendly and helpful prisoner who was suddenly injected into the pot and, like, talked to everyone as if he'd been there all along. Like, if I can get... The him, most valuable player in a Hallmark yeah. film, if you will. If I can get him, yeah. then I've succeeded. Because, like, the thing is, like, I feel like... I, I mean, I love Wallace Shawn. And I'd love to have the chance to chat to Wallace Shawn. Um, he's a great actor. He's been in a, a couple of like films I really love. Um, but, and he was a Christmas wizard um, in, in Mr. St. Nick. But he wasn't the really sweet, helpful um, himbo prisoner. There, there are a lot of ways for this podcast to get derailed. Um <laughs> Did did, I, did anyone have money on Mr. St. Nick for this week? How this curious? is the most surprising of them. <laughs> I, often, I often do actually have money on Mr. St. Nick when it's all four of us together. So. Just made you a mint today. Yeah, I'm quids in on this one. <laughs> uh, it, I've just got it in my, in my mind's eye of 
Matt making a documentary where instead of interviewing Kelsey Grammer because he couldn't be bothered, he ends up interviewing the owner of the dog that was starred in Frasier. <laughs> <laughs> like the closest you can get. This is the son of the owner of the dog who yeah, starred in is... seasons two and three of Frasier. <laughs> yeah, this is like... Um, I never met Kelsey Grammer. Thank you for your time. <laughs> <laughs> I know the name of, um, of the dog actor. <laughs> Um, by Eddie, um, but I'm trying to remember it because I think he was also in that in like an Oscar-winning film. Let, let me out, you know. Stop the yeah, podcast. One, of, one of them was yeah. One of one of them was Moose. Yes, That's some weird facts it, for it you. Might have been, um, Moose might have been the one who was in the artist. I can't what remember. What the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> um, I think it was. It wasn't no, him. It wasn't him in the artist. I mean, most of that's coming um, out, isn't it? That's, that's, <laughs> all, that, that's all edited out. <laughs> I, it's rare that we're, I, I'm on. I'm, we're doing a podcast episode, and like a second podcast episode breaks out <laughs> in the middle of it, and it's like for a different show that doesn't exist yet. Yeah, let's let's tighten the reins. Yeah. Okay, I'm back. So, I've done my breathing exercises. <laughs> I can stop talking about it. You guys done anything else? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've just been doing my, uh, my 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 string board connecting all of the characters. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the hidden TV universe. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. What is it called? The Tommy Westphalen universe. Oh, the, yeah, the kid that, Saint Elsewhere. That's it. That links everything together. Literally, every television series um, all goes back to the mind of a little boy in his snow globe. Yeah, yeah. Because like, didn't it, like, like it's like this show had a crossover with this show, and this show had a crossover with this show, and then it's like, so, and it's like all comes back to Saint Elsewhere, which was in the mind of yeah, yeah. a child. Yeah. It's there's some weird matrixes on the internet where you can just trace every yeah. single TV show like this weird family tree, and it all goes back to there. It feels like this is what Angela and Matt do when <laughs> me and Will are like not around. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't sound like anybody's done anything. So, um... <laughs> should we should we talk about these comics? <laughs> we've got, um, we've, we've got all a had far too much time on our own. Yeah. yeah, I think we we, <laughs> we desperately need now. to hang out. I think that's yeah. what this is. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's yeah, let's hear hear a word from our sponsor. Who? Oh isn't... God, help me! I've ended up on the uh, I've ended up on the Fraser Wiki. <laughs> <laughs> Just stop. Turn it off. <laughs> no maps. Um. So. <laughs> Our sponsor is Travelling Man. They're based in Manchester, Leeds, Newcastle and York. And they do uh, all the things we like. Comics and board games and manga and RPGs and CCGs and Funko Pops. and uh, All the good stuff. All the good yeah. stuff. Um, spend your hard-earned books on. They're available now at TravellingMan.com and um, for click and collects by... Phoning them, I think, is the way that works, yeah. I guess. So, phone some people. Um, that, that's all. Anyone want to add anything? To... No, yeah. I think that's 
Some plenty of stuff. Yeah. Now that thank you, I'll be here all week. <laughs> so this is our monthly roundup. Yes. We're talk about some comics. Yeah. Th- those comics are going to be Shadecraft, Jonna and the Impossible Monsters. Nailed it. Carmen and Orphan and the Five Beasts. What are you Um So I'm, I'm going to kick us off here with Shadecraft number one, which is from Image Comics. It has been written by Joe Henderson. It has been arted by Lee Garbutt, coloured by Antonio Fabella, and it has been lettered by Simon Boland. So, what Shadecraft, I hear you ask? Shadecraft... Uh, it's a comic book that we've read. Um, so, in a nutshell, running home one night, as you do after you mistakenly kiss one of your only two friends, um, Zadie finds herself attacked by shadows. As you do. Yeah. Um, then suddenly, all of her school knows about this somehow. Um, then we find out her brother has been in a coma for a year following a car accident. Then she gets attacked by shadows again. Then she gets saved from the shadows by her own shadow. Shadows. Yeah. Any questions on that synopsis? (laughs) So it doesn't involve shadows, is what I'm asking. It involves some shadows. Okay. Very little craft. That's what I'd... Yeah. I mean, I suppose just calling it Shadow doesn't really work as a title, does it? No, I feel like that might have been Ask taken. That, that might have already the done. The Shadow. <laughs> the Shadow, yeah. I think he has a film. That's how successful The Shadow is. I know, I've watched it. <laughs> <laughs> this year, in fact. Yeah, surprisingly, this year. Well, last year. Maybe this year. This I don't year. know, this, this year's yeah. been weird. Yeah, <laughs> I I work with a guy who started wearing one of those face masks that you like have around your neck and like pull up. Oh yeah. oh yeah, I've got a few of them. And he's got like this completely scarlet one at the moment. And every day I'm like, is this like you low key trying to become the shadow like one step at a time? And this is just the first piece. But I, I don't want to mention it because I'm scared that he won't know what I'm talking about, which seems very probable. If there was ever an opportunity, now is it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Just ask him if he knows what lurks in the heart of man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, moving swiftly away from the shadow to shadows and shavecraft. Shavecraft? Shadecraft. Shadecraft. To our sponsors, shavecraft. <laughs> <laughs> um, this... This is a little bit of a weird first issue for me. I think there's a lot in the pages we have, but I I feel that there needed to be more pages to kind of better pace this issue. What do you guys reckon? I broadly agree with that. I think it it suffers from the 20-page tradition. Yeah. Um, And by the end of this comic, I I don't really know what the driving force is. I don't know what the kind of the stakes are i don't know like you say I, I, yeah i just i don't really know what happens next i think it doesn't i don't don't think it does a brilliant job of of telling you what the kind of the point is of the of the story and i think over the course of a trade that wouldn't be a 
problem necessarily. Like you could have those answers immediately in the next issue. Mm. But just as a standalone issue, I don't think I got quite enough out of what 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 was there story wise anyway. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. Um it's interesting. I, I feel like the artwork kind of speaks to me more here than the actual story. I think Lee Garbett's art is really good and I think the depiction of shadows and light is really nicely done throughout. Mm. Yeah. The technique for the shadows is really cool the sort of smoke effects but sometimes it's liquidy Mm. um and i think as you say making something which is incorporeal seem to have weight in the in the panel i think that does a really really good job of that yeah i felt like you had more to to go to i Uh, interrupted you i think you might be surprised (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah, I, I do feel like as a first issue, this kind of ends at a point where I'm not ready for it to end and ends when I feel like there's no, there doesn't feel like there's a cliffhanger to this. It doesn't feel like there's a hook for a next issue. Um, kind of weird. I had the opposite reaction as usual. Yeah. <laughs> as usual. Because I, I, some of it I felt was really awkward, like the whole "Hey, here's your brother who has been in a coma for like some time." Why is, is it always a, a year? Why is why it always, is it always a, year? a year? Um, but yeah, I mean, some of the exposition was pretty awkward, and it felt like yeah. we just have to get that in there because we have to explain the ca- "Hey, her brother's in a coma." We just need to explain that because we need it for the end. Spoilers. Mm. Um. And that felt a little bit awkward. So it felt like maybe if you had longer, that sort of thing would be a bit more organic. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, because at first I was like, oh, the shadow is actually just a metaphor for her own internal anxieties and stuff. Maybe I read, it probably didn't help I read this after Carmen. So I was probably <laughs> in that. It was flavoured a bit. I was always already in that weird existential metaphysical mindset to start with. So maybe that's why I was interpreting it like that. Um, but I did like that it ended the way it did. Cause I thought that, Oh, right. Oh yeah. I get now what the, it felt like there was now a place to go. Mm. It felt like we have established who it just felt like a bit of an establishment issue. Like we're establishing who the characters are. We're establishing the general, Hey, there are shadows, and they are possibly bad. Um, and then there was also, you know, establishing the sibling relationship. I mean, that was a bit awkward as well, when you're just like, you know what, bro, I hate you. And it's like, <laughs> okay, you know, and then she's just reeling off all the reasons why. And it is, again, very exposition-y. Um, so, yeah, there was that. But I did think the ending for me was, I felt more hooked by the ending, I think, than... Certainly you two did. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, that's good. Um, Different opinions, they're they're really good. Yeah, just without without knowing what the sort of jeopardy is, I find it hard to get hooked on, like, why is he a shadow? Why is he protecting her? What happens if he doesn't? You see, that's what I like. I like having all those questions, because I feel like there's somewhere for that to go. Gotcha, yeah. Yeah. 
just I, it hit me with without that i kind of i don't i sort of don't care <laughs> that sounds really <laughs> it sounds kind of cruel well, yeah. I, don't, I don't mean to be especially negative because as you say i think the art is actually really cool in this book and uh, in general like the idea of of shadow magic that works for me and i think depending where it goes i think this absolutely could like nail on for me but yeah it just left me a little bit a little bit cold mm-hmm. it wasn't what i was expecting because the title shadecraft i was i was expecting more oh this is magic to do with the dark and the light and the shadows Indeed. and that doesn't seem to be maybe that will appear later on but mm. in this first issue that's nowhere to be seen not yet that is fair i, I think it's it's funny how quickly Zadie accepts that she's being attacked by shadows. Yeah, that that interested me. The fact that it's like, ah, oh, man, attacked by shadows. Okay. <laughs> and if there's some background for that, then I think that works. Like, if if we find out that she's been assaulted by magical things throughout her life, then I think it yeah. makes sense for her to just be like, all oh, right, shadows this time, great. <laughs> but. I think without that, it, it, with all the exposition in place, it seems that felt a bit rushed in terms of her reaction to yeah. being attacked by shadows was just, oh, well, this is happening and it's definitely happening and I need to tell my friends about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm not sure how eager I would be to be like, hey, guys, I think I just got attacked by shadows after, you know, <laughs> walking home from school and whatever. I, I, I feel like you guys would be like, yeah, sure, okay. Yeah, yeah, um, we believe you, yeah. And not to say that her friends do particularly believe her, but it, it's odd to me that this starts and she talks about her... Does she talk about her mum being afraid of the dark? Or, yeah. No, he... Um, Somebody is. She, she's not afraid of the dark, and then her friend says about, you know, the dark being scary and so on and so forth. And Yeah. So there's some underlying fear of the underlying fear of the dark. Maybe Illinois is just chock full of possessed shadows. Yeah, complete yeah. darkness. And also, this gave me the reward of realizing that Joliet, Illinois, is a real place because I had previously believed that it was a fictional place just where the prison is from the Blues Brothers. <laughs> um, I, but that is largely because I'd never really looked into anything. I looked- yeah, I looked it up on a map once because I did think it was just a place where a prison was. And yeah, and then I looked it up on a map. I was like, no, it exists. Incidentally, though, there is yeah. a prison there. There is a prison there, yeah. That's where one of the two best Blues Brothers spent some time. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a tough call. They're both really good Blues Brothers. I'm just... <laughs> Continue with the facts, you know. <laughs> I only had one one more tiny bit. I just thought it was quite interesting that I think the colouring is better in the shadowy scenes, or like more interesting, which is weird because there's so little colour in those scenes. But it's got that kind of watercolour haziness about it that I think is really atmospheric. Um, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. There's a scene where she sat at the base of a tree and the sort of the shadows of the limbs of the tree seem to be crawling towards her. I think the colouring's really very cool in that in that particular bit. 
Yeah. But it's just interesting compared to when it's in light, and maybe this is completely on purpose, the colour just seems... It's, it's good, but it's just it seems quite ordinary in, in comparison. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you that. I think overall as an art team, I think uh, Lee Garbett and Antonio Fabella really, really nail it here. I think it is a good-looking book, and I think the colouring yeah. does really help, especially in the darker scenes. I think Will is right on that. Um, yeah. Also, and maybe this is just because it's a feature of the book, or it's because it's something I've never noticed before, but yeah, the effort to like have overlays of light or shadow, and that's something either I don't notice or isn't in a lot of books, and it is very cool. I think we we have yeah. the, the lamp with the cutouts, which cast all the weird shadows, which is cool. Yeah. Um, just before the panel where she's kind of surrounded by the shadows of the branches, there's a shot of an open door with the light coming through yeah. and like the flash from the camera. All all good yeah. light lighting details and yeah, just Ooh. let's get some more of that. Let's yeah. more light, more, more light, more, more dark. light and dark, more acknowledgement of these more things. contrast. <laughs> Yeah. More stuff you have to add in Photoshop, basically. <laughs> Speaking of contrast. <laughs> that could just be a segue to anything. Yeah, I'm <laughs> The open-ended segue. Gloriously vague. Go for it, Will. Uh, my book is Jonna and the Unpossible Monsters, which, from the first issue, is about... Uh, actually Rainbow, Jonna's sister, looking for Jonna in a world that has been seemingly disrupted by the appearance of unpossible monsters. By unpossible, they're just massive and look pretty cool. Uh, It's written by Chris and Laura Samney with art by Chris Samney, colours by Matthew Wilson and letters by Crank, which I assume is uh, that film. Yeah, yeah. He has to keep electrocuting his heart. That's the one. Yeah. And on the on the side, just does some has, lettering. Yeah, has to get like adrenaline or electricity. Gets uh, then at one point gets blown up into a giant uh, man and has to fight. Yeah, great film. <laughs> <laughs> and stellar lettering work on this issue. Yeah. Uh, right. So, Jonna, <laughs> where to begin? Um, I think a, a little bit similarly to Shadecraft, I think this this may have benefited from a longer issue. Yeah. I, I, I think I was super into this and then realised it was the last page. Yeah, same. I think that's it. I think the, because it is set in this quite um, cartoony fantasy world, it suggests all of the different things that, that you could learn about this world, and it has little suggestions towards them. Mm. And like you say, you only just start to get the flavour of it, and then it, and then it just stops. <laughs> I think a little bit differently to Shadecraft, which is set in, we now know, a real town. <laughs> uh, I think this... I have more impetus, I think, to read into this more because of its fantasy setting. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And yeah, I think it struggles from the same kind of storytelling problems of it not quite having enough of the 
core conceit yet. I, I that was feel a like strange sentence. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like this is going to be a really good like all ages kind of trade collection yeah. thing. Yeah. I, I feel like it would almost be more suited to that than single issues. Yeah, I'm not sure it works as a single. I mean, Shadecraft, we've already said, but I, for me, this worked even less because I literally got to the last page. I was like, is this it? Is there some bits missing? Have I missed like 20 more pages? Oh, that is it. I was really like, oh, this just feels like the first bit of the story far more than Shakespeare. And I was disappointed when I got, because I was just getting into it. I was like, oh, this is really good. It's got, the art feels quite fairy tale like And it's, mm. you know, there's these interesting little characters. And, oh, that's it. Okay. I, I, I do think it's nice to see Chris Samney's art in kind of a different context than Marvel. And this is pretty adorable, which... It is. I wasn't particularly expecting after, like, Daredevil. <laughs> yeah, it, that's what got me, because I did have to check. I was like, is this Chris Samney? Oh, he can actually do some interesting things, given half the opportunity to do something different. Yeah, I, I'm a particular fan of the art. I think I really like its sort of um, Cartoon Network. Yes. Type, yeah. type animation style. Um it might be a case of sort of familiarity and nostalgia, but all the faces just seem quite like familiar to me. Uh, yeah. Grandma, Grandma Pat looks like it could have come from like Dexter's lab or something of that kind of era of kind of cartoon network. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And that familiarity means I just, I feel like I know that character immediately. You don't really need that exposition, but Maybe without those reference points, it might, it might not work as well. Well, mm. I can say, like, I am kind of, I'm looking forward to sort of getting more of what we see on the cover. Just, um, yeah, weird little cave girl. Yeah, um, out with like, gi- you know, out with giant, impossible monsters. Um, like this issue itself, like, was 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 fine. Like, um, as, as an introduction, like, it's, I, it's, 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 um, got, you know, lots of little, uh, bits. I wish that, I, 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 you know, like you say with most comics, I guess, like, I wish it had a few more pages, um, to kind of get, to get get to get to some of the stuff I'd really like to actually see, mm. um, but it's it's something that, like I said, I I could see um, buying for like a for like one of my um, li- little cousins or like nieces um, and nephews as like a a really good like fun all ages adventure comic. Um, like the character designs, like you say, are all really fun and cartoony. Like I love Jonna's hair. Um, like the big sort of really like wild, um, matted, um, hair, like hair and stuff like it's, it's got the sort of stuff that I, 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 and it's Chris Somni art. 
Um, so it's got kind of the, the sort of stuff I, I love in like an all ages book, like that that I've not really had quite as much as I'd like since the cancellation of Thor: The Mighty Avenger. Everything's like really chunky in the art, and the yes. art line's really thick, and I think that just yeah. gives everything a really nice, rounded, soft. The colouring goes with it as well. Things are quite fairly pastel Yeah. Mm. And it gives everything just a nice kind of softness, even though it's depicting... Yeah, a very rough sem- sort of life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Quite, a, quite a ruined world by the, by the monsters. You kind of get a suggestion that Jonna might have some kind of power or ability. Yeah. Um, but we see very little of Jonna. That's yeah. the weird thing I found. Like for something called Jonna and the Impossible um, Monsters, there is actually very little of Jonna or in Unpossible Monsters. Yeah, they they they're very. You know, we've got a couple of panels at the beginning, and then they're basically that's it. Now we're focusing on Rainbow, which is fine because I really like Rainbow as a character, but it mm. does feel like it's missing a bit more of the title characters. I mean, we get to see her. I mean, we don't get to see her land the punch or whatever. No. But you know, it's we get to see Jonna seemingly jump like fifty feet into the air, and and we assume punch some sort of dinosaur, unpossible monster. Um, which, to be fair, if that's what I get to see of a a cute character, um, I'm fine with that for a first issue. Like, <laughs> I, but I totally get the thing of like, the book is named after her and after these creatures. I wish we'd gotten to see more of said of both yeah. things. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Um, that said, in what we do see, there's some killer double page spreads. Yes, that is true. In fact, the um, jumping face-first into a monster did remind me a lot of uh, some of the panels we got in Savage. I was about yes. to say that, yeah. It did remind me, that bit where she's leaping up to hit the monster. I was like, yeah, this reminds me of Savage from a couple of weeks ago. Absolutely. In a not, good way. Not a bad thing, no. Not a bad thing, no. I like that, and I like that it... Because the art is so very different to Savage, because it's much more cartoony. Yeah. And yet, you get that lovely, same euphoric feeling of seeing someone punch a monster. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're really here for. That's what Sorry. we're here for, let's be honest. Has anyone ever read Headlopper? It's on my... It's, like, literally on my backlog... It's quite different art, but if you like to see the image of a tiny person attacking the head of a <laughs> forty-story monster, yeah. Headlopper is the book for you. <laughs> That's going straight to the top of the list. Yeah, I think you'd really like Headlopper. It's good. Mm. I think there's enough in this that I am at least interested to see where it goes. I do want to see more of Jonna and said unpossible monsters. Yeah, yeah. But I, I just quite like the world at the moment, and I think that is enough to hook me, uh, at least to to see where it goes over the next few issues. I think. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think that's completely fair. And whether I come back for the follow up issues or for the trade, I I definitely want to see. Yeah. Where and how this goes. 
yeah, I'd probably I'd probably wait till it's trade, I think, and read it all in one because I think it will probably read better for me that way. But mm. I do want to see what happens next. But I would like to be able to get to the end and not go, is that it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's got to be more there. Speaking of, is that it? <laughs> it's not it. Stealing my gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't post it to yourself, Matt. <laughs> no. Now I hold the copyright. <laughs> DMTM. <laughs> right, so I'm guessing that really awkward segue means um, Carmen. Oh, joy. Right. Prepare for bad pronunciations. I apologise to all the people involved if I pronounce your name incorrectly. But we, we did try our best. We did get a we native did. Spanish speaker. We did. Yeah. We did uh, We did consult. So, yeah. so Carmen no. one. <laughs> so, Carmen issue number one from Image, but it is a translation. So, the story and art is by Gillam or Gilliam, or Gilliam, March, or Mark. So we might just go with Gilliam Mark. There we go. Uh, the translation was done by Dan Christensen. The colour assistant, uh, whatever he assisted with colour-wise, was Tony Lopez. And the logo for Carmen was by Jack Durio. And the lettering image for Image was done by Chromatics Limited. Chromatic Limited. I didn't think I was going to have a hard time saying that, but apparently I am. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Carmen, and I have written a summary, and it will read thus. <laughs> so, Carmen is a book that explores the very fabric of reality, tucked in the places between the real and the unreal, blurring the line of the conscious and the unconscious, and balancing along the thin moment between life and death, Carmen asks us to consider the questions that only have answers in the deep recesses of our own minds. It takes us on a journey through those small moments between life's realities and death's dreams and makes us question the possibilities of our own understanding of the very nature of the fabric of existence. And Carmen herself is a fun-loving, possibly death-personified, pink-haired crazy person who does cool knots on bandages and has no care for other people's nakedness. Discuss. <laughs> I, <laughs> that was incredibly good. I, I, yeah. I'd thought about what would I say if this were my book, and as far as I got was, what if death was Pippi Longstocking? <laughs> Not bad. That's, what, that's a good summary, actually. What interested me about this, so I ended up doing research into this, because Image are very much billing this as like a five-part series. It's brand new. None of those words are true. And no. It yeah. is... A three-part, um, so three-volume book already released in Spain. It's now, well, Europe, not just Spain, now available in one giant hardback. Um, and they're also, it's the image, like, blurb for it describes her as an unconventional angel, whereas the European blurb is just like, death <laughs> yeah which i don't know interesting inconsistencies between the two i feel like image of tried to shroud it in mystery and be like vague whereas if you read any european yeah. blurbs it's like just hitting you with the facts guys this is 
Here's a bullet yeah. point of what happens. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> if you want to yeah. read it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, does, it does feel like Image sort of didn't really know how to sell this comic. They, they were like, it's European. Let's make it mysterious and exotic. And I, I think because of that, this issue ends like clearly not on an ending. I think it yeah. just the comic just stops being there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it was the same reaction I had to John, except this time it was like, well, I know there's more of this because it's already been released somewhere. Yes. Someone's just taken a guillotine and just chopped the page off at that point. What, what what I thought was really weird about the ending for this is it's like, if that was all, I, I can see that as just being a one shot about death and yeah. a girl. It, I yeah. can see that being just like... It feels like end. it would fit into a story in Ice Cream Man. Yeah. yeah, that yeah. kind of anthology feel to it. Um, that said, whilst it does feel like it's been chopped off at that point ran- somewhat randomly, I do think this is quite a good first issue. It is. There's a yeah, lot I, going on. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, I liked Carmen a great deal. Um, I think it's, it might... Hmm, it might be my favourite art from the perspective of like how things are framed. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of excellent work with like with panels and like camera angles. Mm. Yeah. And kind of like fisheye lens yeah. sort of drawings yeah. that give a weird shape to rooms. Um Yeah, there's like that double page where it's moving between the apartment and like the yeah. stairs, which is mm-hmm. yes. Real yeah. weird perspectiveness. Very but, odd. But makes all, but makes sense how you read it as well. Like it still reads in a in an order that isn't confusing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we get some shots in the bathroom that are yeah weird. I think it's weird as well because the room's tiled, so there's so many lines. I must have taken yeah. hours. There's a lot of work gone into that. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I think. Of all the art it, that we're talking about today, I think this seems like knackeringly exhausting to just draw in tile after tile after tile multiple <laughs> times. Yes, I yeah. I've got a lot of respect for that, but it's, yeah. it's the work of a madman. <laughs> yeah. Well, the plot is kind of the work of a madman, also. <laughs> Not incorrect. I will give you that. <laughs> Referring back to like who Carmen is. I don't know. I've only read this first issue, but I sort of hope you don't find out. I would rather it be about the stories be about the people she visits. Yeah. Than about mm. than that much about Carmen, I think. Yeah. I mean, I found it interesting although it's called Carmen, it's not it doesn't feel like it's about Carmen. It's about Catalina and her relationship with Shishku. Have I pronounced that right? Who knows? Um, and then also, even like little bits of life from Mrs. Bellafor, who is the crazy cat lady neighbour who has an entire backstory that's briefly mentioned. Um, Kathleen's roommate doesn't really play any part apart from she's on the sofa. Um, but it feels like it's more about Catalina than it is about Carmen, even though the title is Carmen and she's obviously going to be the thread that ties it all together mm. but it's not her story it's in a way it's catalina's story 
and it's just you're almost like watching Carmen watch Catalina's story. Yes. Yes. I think comparing to some of the other comics we've talked about so far today, I think the exposition is incredibly efficient. Mm. Like you learn Catalina's story in three pages. Yeah. And it's yeah. Quite dialogue heavy, but you get every bit of information you need from those three pages to kind of understand who Catalina is and why she is where she is. Yeah. It's it is if you compare it to the really awkward exposition of Shadecraft where, you know, it's literally spelled out for you. This is telling you so much more and it's still managing to do it in a small number of pages and a small number of panels. So you can tell a lot of exposition in a truncated way. It's just the way you do it. And this does it really, really well. Absolutely. Mm. Oh, no, Will. (laughs) He's still alive. Okay. You briefly froze, Will. Oh, did I? I was just, I was just saying, I agree with you, Angela. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. It was a bit less awkward than that the first time round. <laughs> what are you going to do? I like. I don't know if this is a feature that has been commonly amongst European art before, but when Carmen is taking Catalina like around the streets, and a guy comes and picks his nose and, and wipes his bogey right yeah. next to her, yeah, her face is so manga to me. <laughs> that exp- expression of Horror. Like shock and disgust, yeah. 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 I, say, I don't know if that is, is perhaps much more common in European uh, works, and, and I just, I'm just i just not familiar, but I think it's really great. <laughs> I think that it yeah. does feel like there's definitely a more connected relationship, I guess, between like European creators and manga influencers than we... Yeah. I think it's something that we see more and more frequently in American artists and British artists, but there's definitely a ton of it in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, what I like is it's, it it is clearly still a European comic, even though it's been translated, the core of it is, is still completely intact. It's still exactly how it should be. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. Just um, a little, so like, just a, a little thing, like, because you've said a lot of stuff that I would have said otherwise, but um, just a, a, a tiny little thing I love um, about Carmen's design um, is the heels. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah that's something I um, Are fantastic because, like, they alter. Like because of the way that they alter, like the structure, like the the the, the way that the feet um, look like, and then you just look down, and you're like, oh, of course, and like you just see the 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 way like the the back arches to 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 go into like the stiletto, mm-hmm. um, the stiletto heels and stuff, and it adds so much character to the design, which. As a design, and we've already touched on this with the baffling amount of uh, wall tiles, it must be real hard to draw someone and then consider where the skeleton would fit within that. (laughs) Yeah, Um, Yeah, it's got to be a real pain. Which, don't get me wrong, it's it's impressive and baffling, 
<laughs> I I like the fact she's got these the freckles that look like spots of blood. Yeah. It does look a bit like a like oh, a blood yeah. spray. It does look a little bit like a blood spray. That hadn't occurred to me, and that's yeah, really good. I, I yeah. I really like in a moment where she um, sort of scares Catalina by turning her face into a skull, uh, but she's still got the freckles on the skull. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think that's that's really cool as well. That there are some really th- there is a really weird balance in this issue of like borderline horror and comedy and like just a lot of things. I yeah. It's a complicated thing to unpack. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Not easy to define. No. It's taking quite a sideways view at sort of the death myth mythos, isn't it? Like, I think with Catalina, there is a, a sort of semi-twist when eventually you see her in the bath. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you sort of all, you know it's coming. Yeah. But I think the way it plays out is very... It's sort of quite cinematic. I could I could see that being a a reveal of a TV show where the scene kind of changes perspective and shows something that you just haven't looked at yet. Mm. Yeah. Which is a bath full of blood. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is excellent. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, this this is really good. It's we said it with like Luna last month, but it's it's almost a shame that we're going to get this in singles rather than just the yeah, just graphic g- album. Yeah, amazing just give us, graphic album it would be, yeah. Yeah, just give us it in one go in a nice pretty hardback, please. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, it'll be a thing to like. It'll be like a a must own. Um, I think when the hard like when it gets a full release as one volume over here mm-hmm. fingers crossed um, yeah i think we will just get the one trade because this is 35 pages and i think the spanish hardback is 176 and this ah, is okay five so, issues, yeah, that's so. Very, yeah very easily yeah. doable mm-hmm. yeah shouldn't be too long See you all back here in what, like September? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be back. I, happily, yeah. happily, I could see that being a a book really worthy of discussion in one go. Yeah, yeah, I think there'll be a lot to talk about as well. Because, like, I, I, if this, like, with this, just as, like, I know that it's kind of pointless saying this is just the first issue, but look at all of the art because, like, of the way that it actually originally came out, mm. um, and. But this is just the first issue. Look at all that art. Um, <laughs> imagine how much more there'll be to gush about yeah. when we have it all. Because um, yeah. like you were saying, just the kind of cross-section page, well, double-page spread with the, like, of, of the apartment, and you can see like, all the wires and everything going to the walls... And everything, mm. and like you can see into the yeah the the opposite sort of building and so opposite building connected building and stuff like I really need to see more of of that. Mm. Yeah, and I um, if Image are listening, and I like to think that they are. <laughs> yeah, 
I, tag him. Can't, can't stress this enough that this needs to come out in like a nice hardback edition, not this yes. not this thing yeah. that, that Boom the do. The glossiest they... paper that you can... Yeah, yeah not, not this thing that like Boom sometimes do where they take a like European comic, release it in singles and then give me a trade paperback. I don't want the trade paperback, I want the nice hardback. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah it, preferably it, made of wood. Yeah, preferably. <laughs> <laughs> The nice French yeah. So if if Image are listening and um, if Image are listening, we will want you to get someone to engrave this. Yes, please. Oak. Yeah, <laughs> artisan work. Yeah, one hundred and seventy pages in tablet form. <laughs> I'd like that. It'd be heavy, admittedly. <laughs> but yeah, no image. Give us something nice, please. Yeah. Yeah. Something real good. Yeah. Give us what Speaking we want. Speaking of well. something real good, <laughs> I I think it's time to talk about my book from my number one guy, James Stokoe, who did pretty much everything other than editing on this, and that book is Orphan and the Five Beasts, number one. So I I I am a huge uh, James Stokoe fan, and so when this book was announced, I I got very giddy. Um, it's basically it's um, a supernatural kung fu comic all about um, orphan Mo, uh, who has been trained as the last disciple of a of like a, a being sent out. To uh, to deal with the previous uh, students who have all seemingly fallen to evil, and it's her responsibility as yeah as the last uh, disciple to yeah to, to to go and ensure that they no longer form evil deeds. And this issue takes yeah takes her from her like uh, from her master's possible death to. A confrontation with the first of the five beasts, the uh, the, the the giant uh, dummy thick man uh, thunder thighs. Um, I love 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 this book, not just because it's James Stoker, but it's also inspired by one of my favourite martial arts films, Five Deadly Venoms let down to the point that like the the bath sequence with the master um is practically lifted from that film like it's the dialogue is is different but the kind of like man in a in a huge pot <laughs> being like of boiling water uh, only his head sticking out of it thing is directly from um, Five Deadly Venoms and the sort of like five students, five previous students, um, and like you are the last student that I will ever train. Like, so you're responsible for the actions of like for, for the reputation of our uh, of our house. Like in the in Five Deadly Venoms, it's like go out and see if any of them are. are are baddies in this it's they are all baddies go out and see to them um 
and yeah, like, and I think that this could be like as much as I love Five Deadly Venoms, it suffers from the fact that like there are only two real like supernatural powers that are able to be displayed in that film, and that is like um, Toad, like Toad, the the. Uh, the guy with Toad style, which is basically that, like, as long as he is able to maintain his uh, qigong, um, like his uh, inner his inner strength, he cannot be wounded at all by anything <laughs> unless you like find this. Like, he has a single weak spot, um, and if you touch that, then he loses all of his inner power and can be wounded like a normal man, um, and also like. Um, gecko style or like um, or like lizard style in some translations like you can like walk up walls because uh, like like as if you've got sticky foot pads um, and but like in a comic whilst you lack kind of the thing of act of like seeing human bodies doing like cool martial arts tricks and stuff and like doing cool kicks and flips and stuff like you can do more of the weird supernatural stuff, uh, like more of the weird supernatural stuff and make the kind of powers granted by the styles weirder. And like, I mean, like five deadly venoms is like from the late seventies or is it 80? It's like either late seventies, like the very, very early eighties. Um, and so, like, there's some, like, wire work and stuff in it, but, yeah, like, seeing it in comics will, you know, will be fun. Like, it was, like, Infinite Kung Fu, which is another one of my favourite books, um, is similarly sort of, like, has a similar starting point with the five dead, with, like, five deadly venoms, um, like, Flying Guillotine, um, bron- like, uh, Shaolin Bronze Men, all this sort of stuff. Like, But this is James Stokoe, and that, to me, makes me more excited than I have been for any sort of kung fu book in quite a while. Tall statement. Best kung fu book in a while. Um, yeah, sorry for... like, At least from like a Western... Uh, yeah. publisher that I've seen. I um, I agree with you. Really, <laughs> I think this book is. <laughs> I think this book is brilliant. I think the art is uh, was one I was a little bit hesitant when I was talking about Carmen. Like, I think this probably is my favourite art because I think it combines craft with this charm and this kind of signature style that James Stokoe has that yeah. I'm really, I'm really, really into. Um. Obviously, the, the tone of this book is quite different. Being a, a martial arts book, it's full of kind of like action moments. And I think the action is drawn really well as well. I think it has a really good sense of space and um, kind of choreography between the panels. Um, <laughs> I like that Thunder Thigh introduces himself by just squeezing a horse in half with his Thunder Thighs. See, that that completely squicked me. It's really <laughs> weird 
My gore level is fine. Had that been a dinosaur chomping on a horse, not a problem. If it's a person squeezing a horse to death, I just go, oh, no, I'm out for this particular part. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, it's all good. It's a good book. The art is good, but that particular, I just could not with that. I had to sort of... I, I totally it. I was like, that. no, 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 move on, move on, move on. Yeah, we all have things, like triggers that are slightly different for gore, like where it's weird like how you can have uh, a very, very high threshold in a, t- a whole bunch of circumstances, but something that's less gross in, like, conventionally, if you yeah. just change a slight element, you're like, oh, oh no. Turns out <laughs> this was the thing. Yeah. <laughs> this is it. Yeah, I found uh, my line now. <laughs> personally, thought it was hilarious. <laughs> uh, but that maybe says more about me than anything else. <laughs> Uh, but I, I also like the fact that the five beasts have just one portion of the training. Yes. So I'm expecting all of them to have kind of one particular sort of Body. appendage or theme yeah. about them. <laughs> and I really like that um, in sort of superhero or superpowered things where more X-Men than it is Avengers, where broadly most superpowered people are normally fast and strong often fly or jump long distances i kind of like it where people have just one very specific power and then there are interesting ways in which they use that one specific power and sometimes they're really dumb (laughs) they're just really dumb singular powers but when like like i say having thunder thighs for instance i mean you can probably leap real high but <laughs> it's it's not the most practical of body parts to have supersized. Well, there's, there's uh, got a non- point though where the ability to leap because of the legs is cancelled out by the weight of the legs. The ability yeah. to land, like yeah, are what, what's the physics like problems there? <laughs> so he breaks all of his toes every mm. time he like takes a step. <laughs> Nonetheless, like, um, I love it. It just yeah, like when I read Thunder Thighs, I immediately thought of. Um, the Kid with the Golden Arm, um, which is another Shaw Brothers um, film, where it's like the bad the bad guys in it are iron feet, golden arms, um, iron robe, and brass head. Oh, and silver <laughs> spear. Brass head is my favourite. <laughs> yeah, um, brass head, who, like, just headbutts people to death. <laughs> <laughs> the art, the art reminded me of quite early Dragon Ball. Okay. Um, I think in that kind of, it might be the sort of the faces and things. I think the way that eyes are drawn and sort of surprise and expression might have some similarities. I'm not quite sure I can put my finger on it, but there was just a, a flavor of it. Like, um, Perhaps the, his, the way his thunder thighs are, are almost segmented that look like armor. I think there are a few kind of Dragon Ball characters that have that mm. sort of segmented muscle vibe going on. See, for me, it was... Um, oh, God, what's the book called? Stradmore, Image, Superviolent, Luther Strode. Oh, 
yeah, strange talent and stuff. yeah, the the like muscle segmented weirdly. Yeah, immediately yeah. made me think of not but not an insult. Anyone, but... Did anyone in Luther Strode? I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I I've only read the strange talent. Um, but did anyone in any of the Luther Strode books ever explode a horse from just sitting on it and crushing it with their thighs? No, not the it's not told, beyond but what I. I I feel like it was always like you know on the fringes of possibility. For yeah, it. it was just like I've never read the Legend of Luther Strode or any of the others, but I, I, I'm not willing to bet against there being a horse by crushing. <laughs> I, I don't that. think there is, but don't hold me to that because I, I don't want Trad Moore to be like you know. How hey, I get? I was crushing horses years ago. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a new thing. <laughs> I, I've made that sound like I have regular talks with Trevor <laughs> We do not. But if if he's free, sure, hit me up. Yeah, if he's free yeah. to talk about crushing horses with his thighs. Or anything else, I'm not gonna I'm not, I'm not gonna, you know, put him in a box. <laughs> On another note, I really like the old sort of cliche of the old man who is insanely ripped. Yes. Yeah. Um, also the just amazing dialogue of like orphan mo ahead of you demons walk the earth go and become an emissary for hell <laughs> that yeah. immediately made me think of and i could be wrong isn't japanese spider-man an emissary in hell oh he's from the planet spider that's what i remember most I'm, I'm fairly sure when he's like lengthy introduction sequence he describes himself as an emissary of hell but i'm not sure yes, why emissary from hell yeah emissary from hell. excellent Good not sure what that's got to do with with spider-man but that's the immediate thing that's like isn't that spider-man's gimmick <laughs> with <laughs> extremely great. unconventional spider-man with his megazord and he's with great responsibility yeah. must come yeah. an emissary from hell um oh what was the name of his his like Megazord was it like Leo something? Uh, is it Leo 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 Pardon? Like Leo Pardon? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, inexplicable leopard Megazord thing that relates no possible to spiders. <laughs> yeah. And I also think he drives most places, doesn't he? He because does. Yeah. yeah. Spider, spider. I don't know. There's a lot to unpack in. But <laughs> what we're saying is, you should watch some Tokusatsu. Um, like television. See, see how you feel period. afterwards. Uh, <laughs> You'll be in a better place. You'll be in yeah, a place. Go and watch like <laughs> some Kamen Rider. Um, you know, like pick a Kamen Rider series. You'll that's find solid hours. That's the ultimate takeaway from Orphan and the Five Beasts. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's real. Like it's it, real good book. <laughs> it is. I will. I will add one thing. I did like about the art is the fact that the five beasts all appear as like shadows. Shadows. Yeah. Like ghost faces. Yeah. You don't. You don't see them as they turn out to be. But yeah, you just see these weird, shadowy, almost demonic-like mm-hmm. characters. Um, one of the things that this, and obviously, I think it's because they're both coming from a similar inspiration point. Um, this did remind me with the kind of five mysterious beasts of um, the Ninjak series from a couple of years ago, which was the Seven Blades of Master Dark, which yes. was like oh, the yes. mysterious seven. Oh, yes, I, the seven I, I Master Dark. 
which are clearly like yeah. both drawing from the same like old school influences mm-hmm. rather than yeah yeah I, I also got that vibe that's a good call i hadn't thought of that but you're, you're spot on um uh, i'm I, sure I, don't worry i'm sure there's hundreds of comics that have got like the same kind of samurai mm-hmm. film inspiration but mm-hmm. I will forever recommend Infinite Kung Fu to anyone who would ever listen to me. Oh, we know. Uh, we just don't listen to you. That's a secret, Matt. I really like the uh, attention to detail on, like, just when uh, when Mo is eating in the forest. Yes. You just get a little quick, oh, panel, yeah. quick panel of the food. I'll agree with that until I see the inside of a horse's leg. Well, that's, that's good. To, that's that's where that detail needs to stop for a little bit. In this in this sort of cartoony style, that it just doesn't. It never makes me consider that that has a reality behind it. <laughs> Even when you see thunder thighs like foot deep in organs. Yeah, but they, you know they're like very chunky organs. Yeah, they are very <laughs> chunky. Congrats, you found my least favorite part of today's podcast. Ch- Campbell's chunky organs. Chunky organs. I really like when the master's in his uh, in his like kilner jar being boiled, yeah. and he, he has like a pipe strapped to the front. Yes. And again, you just get a nice panel of him taking a good good old drawer of his ornate pipe. But they're just they're like um, atmosphere setters. They're just. Yeah. I think Mike Mignola does it a lot in Hellboy, where you'll just get two or three panels of like statues, mm, just to just to true. kind of set this mood. Yeah, I think it really works here as well. Um, so yeah, like I, I don't have much more to say uh, about this right now, other than this is the book that I've been waiting for for a while. <laughs> like the hope is that like I. I'm just, if I'm not getting more orc stain, and who knows whenever if that'll ever happen, I am more than happy to have James Soko like kung fu book, mm. yeah, um, that draws inspiration, like I say, from like kung fu films I really like. This, this is his first book in quite a while as well, right? Last book, well. Last the last full book he did was uh, Dead Orbit. Um, oh, of course, yeah. But I believe since Dead Orbit, he's also he did a mini comic. Um, I say a mini comic. It was a it was a full comic, but it wasn't that long. Mm. Um, called Sobek, which is really good. Um, and I'll figure out how to to get you a copy. Um, because you should read it. <laughs> Good talk, Matt. Um, so yeah, but it, it, when, it always feels like it's been a long while since a James Stokoe book when there's not a James Stokoe book coming out for me, so. <laughs> Every month. Yeah. So yeah, I, um, think that's everything. Shall we go into, uh, our personal, uh, rankings? Oh, Christ, I have not even thought about it. Sure, yeah, I can. <laughs> but, but first, a word from our sponsor. Take it, Matt. Okay, so today we are brought to you by a place where you could buy, oh, what's this? Often and the Five Beasts. Um, why, yes, I think I will, Travelling Man. Thank you very much. Yes, that's right. You can buy um, 
your comic, your, your comics, uh, your role-playing games, uh, trading card games, um, manga, all sorts, uh, pretty much anything that you could want, including Orphan of the Five Beasts. Um, like, uh, from them, they have stores in York, Manchester, Leeds, and the last one, Zach. Newcastle. Newcastle, thank you, Angela. <laughs> um, they are currently uh, doing click and collect for uh, uh, for like poll lists and stuff, and um, they also have a website at travellingman.com. Parfait. Um, where you can browse through their uh, their stock and uh, order yourself something cool, because right now we need something cool to help us can get through the never-ending hell world. Yes. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Zach, now that you've had time to think, rankings. Ah, oh, Christ. Um, Will, now that you've had time to think... <laughs> yeah, I'll go. This is fairly easy money for me, I think. Uh, it is Orphan and the Five Beasts as my number one. Carmen as number two. Genre and the Impossible Monsters number three and Shadecraft as number four this week. Okay. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Damn. Um, it's it's close. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I am going to go Carmen as number one. Um, whilst inevitably I want that giant hardback, I still think there's there's something about, you know, quirky interpretation of death and that's definitely very Zach um, and then it is probably often in the five beasts um, it's just quite good isn't it yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I don't really like it I, I'd suspected <laughs> but I didn't want to um, then I think Will is right, and it is probably Jonna and then Shadecraft for me. Um, I think I'm, I'm going to want more of all of these things. It just depends on the format I want those things in. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I couldn't... It, it was difficult choice a little bit, I think, between uh, Orphan and Carmen. I, a bit like Matt, but a bit late to the party, am becoming quite a big fan of James Stokoe. Um, really drawn into what he does pun intended yeah, I'm, I'm spreading my influence and will yeah. <laughs> but i think the dividing line between the four books is i think that both um orphan and the five beasts and carmen kind of stick their premise yeah and i, I don't think either of them the- hesitate on like giving you all the all you need to want more yeah and i think the other two maybe for different reasons, but just kind of miss sticking that land in perfectly in that first issue, I think. Yes. But Angela, you may be here to tell me completely different. Please do. Of course oh, yes, I am. Please, um, <laughs> <laughs> so, oh God, it's hard. So I actually really liked Shadecraft. Probably. I think I probably liked it the most out of the four of us present um, there may be somebody out there in the real world who likes it even more. Who's to say? Um, but at the same time, I don't think it's 
I probably enjoyed that on a basic level most in a weird way in terms of I can relate to the character. I struggle to relate to people going out and killing, you know, people with big thighs. <laughs> and I struggle to relate to death, or I try to struggle to relate to death. Just a sign that me and Angela have very different lives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I struggle to relate. I mean, I do relate to monsters, but there weren't enough monsters for me to relate to. So, it's, so I suppose in that sense, but I can recognise that Shadecraft is quite weak in the plot and story um i'm gonna put carmen at number one because and this is purely the reason why it made me do the most thinking Mm. yeah which is probably a weird way to do with it but that was the one that stuck with me that was the one when i'd read them the one that i was thinking about the most was carmen so we'll give it that based on its power to make me think um very good yeah um orphan mo and the five of the beasts was very good <laughs> but i did get really squicked out by the <laughs> <Yeah>. horse crushing <laughs> so that was never gonna be but it's up there it's up there um jono and the unpossible monsters just not enough monsters it and it and it you know it just ended there so that's got to go down so i'm gonna put that one even though i think the art is really lovely and cute and i actually like the I, i'll probably read more of that than i ever will of shadecraft but i'm gonna have to put jono at number three no number four right hang on try again carmen orphan mo shadecraft jono but I could easily shuffle that bottom lot, yep. but it's just mm-hmm. because Jono, I got to the end of it, I was like, right, that's it then. And Shadecraft, I got to the end of it, and I was like, okay, I'm on board. That was a really long-winded listing, but there you are, guys. You asked. A mistake so, we won't uh, make again. Thank you, Angela. <laughs> um, so, uh, for me, yeah, it's um, often and the five beasts, um, surprising no one, um, then Carmen, uh, then, uh, Jono, and then, uh, Shadecraft, like, I want to stress, like, that Carmen, most other weeks, or months, sorry, like, would have probably taken first place on art alone, mm-hmm. just, like, by the sheer strength of, like, its visual design, and stuff like would have sort of a good chance of being the, my best book of the month. But often. <laughs> but often. <laughs> but often. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, I feel bad when I say that Shadecraft did pretty much nothing for me. It's in no way a bad, it's in no way a bad book. Um, that's not what I'm saying. It's just... It didn't. It didn't click with me at all. Um, and whether that's like, exper- like whether that's just due to like experiences, like you know, um, or it's just like the 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 plot just didn't work for me. I don't really know. The art, the art is really good though, um, but often. Often, often, often. <laughs> that, but yeah, Matt's top four: orphan, 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 and orphan. Um, and what's this in it? Wait, 
third place in a surprise, uh, in a in, like yeah, in, in a surprise showing. It's orphan, orphan, and four of the five beasts. <laughs> yeah, the fifth is the the the, the fifth is on strike. Um, the other four are just like they've crossed the picket line, and we're very disappointed in them. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. Uh, yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's us then. Yes, yes, perhaps it is possible. I know. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what the other beasts are going to be. Hurricane hands. Oh, hurricane hands. <laughs> Tsunami toes. <laughs> other weather conditions. Uh, hail head. Hurricane hands isn't a bad one. Yeah, I'm quite pleased. Yeah. With that. Might mail that to myself. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and Sue James Stokoe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Suggest it. Um, so yeah, Zach, do you want to uh, see, us, see us out? No, by will. Um, Thank you. <clears throat> so, I've been Zach. These, these three have been Angela, Matt, Will. We will all continue to be these... Personas, yeah. I will continue um, to be on the Frasier wiki looking up dogs. <laughs> um, we've been and will continue to be bigger than capes. And I like to think that this week we, that we've proved that comics are bigger, bigger than, than capes. You guys did it so slow and I did it really, like, I did it at normal speed. Let's try that again. <laughs> the are we comics... going slow or normal speed <laughs> Let's go Who knows? speed. The comics are bigger, bigger than, 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 than capes. capes. <laughs> Again.